So, um, as I said, it's um, Luke 2, 1 through 14 is our, is our text for the message. The, uh, at Christmas time, we Christians are used to unbelievers of the world misusing scripture and even in inventing blasphemous ways of celebrating their view of what Christmas is all about. I'm sure you know what I mean, and you may even have some in mind that uh, I'm not mentioning tonight, but they'll come to your mind. And I'm sure you know what I mean, and um, if you're like me, these things make you talk back to the television sometimes. You know, it's like someone, and it's, no, it's not that way, or whatever, and uh, so I think that's happened to all of us. But today I thought it would be good for us to consider one of the more subtle ways in which Scripture is misused. The Scripture that I'm talking about is Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now this, of course, was in reference to the birth of Christ into the world and his effect on it, that... uh, to save souls, to gather in his chosen from all over the world to be saved. You know, very often one, one will see on the opinion page or the editorial page of a newspaper political cartoons depicting current wars. A lot of times they have armored tanks, one on this side, one on that side, shooting at each other. And in the sky, in the clouds, uh, uh, it'll say... Uh, Something like peace on earth. And, um, uh, or they might even put the, the title Prince of Peace, speaking of Jesus, in reference to wars in this country, in this world, around the world. And the artists and writers of these political cartoons interpret these words in Luke 2.14 and Isaiah 9.6 to seeking a present Earthly peace from wars between nations. But Jesus Christ was not born into this world to bring total peace from national wars on this present earth. There will be perfect peace in the new heaven and earth, but not this present earth. So since Jesus is the Prince of Peace who was born into this world to give us the gift of his peace, we should examine the scriptures to see just what kind of peace believers receive from him. We don't let the people of this present evil world define what kind of peace we receive. First, we're going to go to the Bible to see what the peace is not, and then we will see what it is. Again, let me repeat, I'm speaking of the peace that Jesus gives to believers, to those who by God's grace have repented of their sin and trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Now, as we go to our first point, we will see that Jesus did not come to give us peace from wars between the nations in this present world. It's true that we as Christians 
should seek to keep peace wherever we can. We can, whether it's uh, between individual people or nations, but we also realize from Jesus' own words that he did not come to make peace between worldly nations. So we as Christians should not make this our main effort. We need only look at Matthew 24, 3-8, where Jesus himself tells us, and we read this, Now as they sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines pestilences and earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginning of sorrows. Also, sometimes people think that Jesus came to give us peace in our individual family life. But what does Jesus say in Matthew 10, 32 through 38? Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. (coughs) And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. And we see from these words of the Lord Jesus what we can expect in our unbelieving families when we truly come to know Jesus Christ. And of course, what do we do? We tell them about their need for Him. Their need to be saved from their sins and trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior and Lord. What can we expect? We can expect persecution. We know that Jesus Himself suffered this type of persecution when He revealed the truth about the fact that He was the promised Messiah, and the only way for people to be saved from their sins. His family one time came to take him home from the multitude of people following him because they believed he was beside himself. He's insane. With me, my family and and, uh, my old friends, they didn't want to hear about Jesus. Uh, They liked the old, out-of-control, hippie George. And not this preachy George, who finally demonstrated some self-control in his life by God's grace. 
Just as Jesus said, through the centuries, millions of Christians have experienced this type of rejection from their families. So then peace with families is not the biblical peace that the Prince of Peace brings in this present evil world. Now, after we are saved within our Christian families, we do find peace as we live within God's instructions for families. Yes, we find some peace. But because of the sin that still dwells within us, we have to admit that peace is not perfect. We have to uh, deal with the fact that we're going to disagree sometimes, a husband and a wife, parents and children. And, uh, and we praise God, really, that we have, we're able to talk to each other. And someone says, this is what the Word says. And someone says, no, 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 this is what it says. And then the Lord give us the grace to say, you know, you're right, I'm wrong, you're right, we should do it that way. But it's not perfect peace, even in Christian families. At this point, someone might say, Jesus was born in this world to give us spiritual peace. Well, there's an element of truth to that, as we'll see later. But there is a sense in which we don't have full spiritual peace either. The Apostle Paul makes this clear in Ephesians 6, beginning at verse 10. And he tells Christians, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Then in verses 13 through 17, we are told to take up the whole armor of God and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This makes it clear we will not have peace from spiritual warfare in this present evil world. We will have peace in our souls as we go through the spiritual warfare. That is, we know the victory is surely ours, because as it says in Ephesians 6, we stand in the knowledge that Jesus Christ has defeated the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we stand in his absolute victory. As Romans 8.31 tells us, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? No one can stand against us. Verse 35 asks the question, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. And verses 37 and 39 answer, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Perhaps there are Christians here 
who are not clear on this point, or if you are not sure you really know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, pay special attention to the scripture at which we will now look. In Romans 5.1 we read, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verses 6 through 11. For when we were still without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, whoops, there goes my message. I'll do a restroom down here. Much more than having now been justified by faith, by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, But we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. To be reconciled to God is to have peace with God forever. Jesus came to make peace with God for all those who by his grace would repent of their sins and trust in him as Savior and Lord. Right now... There is peace on earth for all those who belong to Jesus Christ. We are no longer God's enemies. We are adopted into God's family through his dear son. We have peace from the fear of God's eternal wrath on the judgment day. Brothers and sisters, when you celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, remember to thank him for the wonderful, eternal gift which he has given to you. Peace with God. That's what that means. Peace with God. Now, I don't know the spiritual condition of everyone here today. Maybe you're here and you know what Jesus came to do. A lot of people know in their head what Jesus came to do. The question is, have you taken it personally? Have you seen yourself as the sinner who is the enemy of God? You need to make peace with God. The way one makes peace with God is to ask God to forgive you for your sins and trust in His Son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior and Lord. Trust also that He rose again from the dead and ascend it to heaven where all power is his in heaven and earth. Trust, while you will not have peace from worldly warfare or spiritual warfare, you will have perfect peace with God as you go through them. You will know that nothing and no one 
can separate you from the, Jesus Christ, the Prince of true and everlasting peace. May God have mercy on you and give you his peace. May this Christmas be perhaps your first true celebration of Christ's birth. May Jesus Christ become your true and everlasting Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for your word, how clear it is. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making peace with your Heavenly Father for us. You suffered his wrath for us and and you clothed us with your perfect righteousness. We praise you for that. We have been reconciled. We're no longer your enemies, Heavenly Father. We're your children, your adopted children. Thank you. We thank you, Lord, that the victory is ours. We know we're going to have warfare, spiritual warfare. Even warfare in our own selves, Lord, as there is still sin within us that we need to battle. But we praise you that the victory is ours. The victory is ours because you belong to us, Lord Jesus, and we belong to you. Make us faithful, Lord, ever more faithful. Keep us rejoicing in this great salvation. And we pray that you come soon, Lord Jesus, and pray in your precious name. Amen.